This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys welcome Joe and Kristen Merrill, a first grade teacher and fourth grade teacher from Naples, Florida. There's an East update. We've got information on judging for the Conrad Challenge some random banter about who knows what, all of that and more up next here on EduTech Guy. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys Radio. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Hey, good afternoon to you, or morning or evening. Depends on when you're listening to it. Whatever time it is, thanks for listening. The rule is you better just be listening. That's right. <laughs> hey, listen, check us out on the web at www.edutechguys.com. Heck, just go out to Google. I see this every week. Go out to Google, type in EduTech Guys. You're going to find us. Check us out on Twitter. Drop us a message. Let us know how it's going. It's yeah. going to be a great show today. Uh, Great topics with some of our new friends from Naples, Florida. Yeah. And, um, you know, that makes me think it's we're going to talk about a lot of ways that they use apps and technology in their classroom to create meaningful experiences for kids. And you know what? You're listening to this show. You probably got about, you know, a week left uh, before you head off for Christmas break. And we know how that time gets. You're looking for a little filler. You're trying to wrap up school, wrap up the class before the end of the semester. Uh, maybe you're on a, maybe you're not, but most likely you are. But this would be a great time to get kids excited um, about the season and about fun. So, hey, take some of those apps. Uh, yeah. Take a few of those apps and try them in your class right now. I got a week, so you know, throw them out there. Uh, Joe and Kristen are first and fourth grade teachers, respectively. So if they're making it happen with Buncey and Flipgrid and all that kind of cool stuff in their classroom, then you can make it happen, too. Yeah, exactly. In fact, uh, I, I was working with a group of, of uh, gifted and talented uh, coordinators, I think is what they're called, or specialist teachers. I can't remember. They, they, there's a title after that. Um, but anyway, I was working with a group of them. Um, well, I guess it was Friday, I guess. Um, and... Uh, they uh, I, they were wanting some enrichment uh, apps and websites that kind of thing. I I, I mostly focused on uh, web based online things. So we looked at uh, Nearpod and Kahoot and some things like that. Now we did also look at um, 
that app that I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> son of a, son was of a it, building block. Was it the block. 3D app you guys were it, talking about? It was, about? yeah. It was, 3D, it was coloring a, yeah, stuff? Yes, the 3D coloring stuff. That's a really cool one. Um, but you know what? While David's, he's going to look that up real quick. Yeah, I can tell you that there's Quiver some, Vision. Quiver Vision. Called. That's yes, it. Yeah, that's a really vision. cool one. But you know, like you guys do a lot of stuff. Uh, you and Chad Morris, the GT yeah. specialist here, do a lot of stuff with We Video. In fact, I just helped yeah. judge some videos for some kids for vlogs. So this would be a great Christmas present to throw out there. Let your kid create, let your kids in your classroom, students, create some uh, video blocks. Use Wii Video. Use any of that stuff. Create a Christmas presentation with Buncee. Uh, use Flipgrid. Uh, it, it also does some really awesome stuff in that area. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things you could turn out, do some quick Christmas projects that mm -hmm. would give uh, the students a chance to go home and show grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody what they did during the uh, school year so yeah. far. Be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, lots of lots of different ways that you can uh, take those different apps and incorporate information about the holiday, depending on what your content is. Uh, essentially, giving your students ways to present their content knowledge, other than you know the traditional yeah. you know PowerPoint or typed up paper or even you know even even a diorama which is there's nothing wrong with any of those however you know they've been done a hundred gazillion times so if, if there's a way that your students can creatively demonstrate their content knowledge still staying in with whatever rubric you've got you know and whatever your assessment uh, criteria are that's awesome that's great uh, but just you know, giving them alternative ways to do that, and, and you were talking about the vlog competition that we yeah. had. Um, as we are recording this, uh, we actually haven't uh, announced winners or anything like that. Um, but we did judge uh, those pieces, and uh, we had uh, several, uh, well, uh, several, like a dozen or more entries from our school districts from around, and, and we concentrated uh, this go around on uh, students in fifth through eighth grade. And uh, we had given them one of four topics that they had to pick from, and they had to do a, a vlog on that particular topic. And they had to pick a side. That was part of the thing. Was So, like, one of them was, do video games cause violence? And they had to pick a side, and then they had to back it up. And they had to produce a piece. And I tell you, I mean, you know, you saw them. Uh, some yeah, really of the pieces were really well put together. Very creative. And, Very and creative. you know, there's no failing there. They just learned more about what to do the next time they make one. Right. So it's really cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a great idea. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the cool apps you're going to hear about in the interview later is a book creator. So yeah. I'll throw one out for you right now. It's, you know, right before Christmas. Uh, maybe as a class, make use book creator to make a, a, what we did this semester so far. Uh, that way every kid can have a little piece of it. Uh, you know, you could probably do one individually where every kid could make their own with Book Creator, but, you know, a class opportunity where everyone got to put in, you know, and a class with, say, 14 to 24 kids, you could have a pretty nice book there. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Something the parents and the grandparents and the families would love to see, and, and you'd have a great little uh, uh, history timeline of what you did that first semester. Yeah. So, just a little idea. That'd there. be very cool. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, we're going to have a great show today. We're going to take a quick uh, break and let you learn how you could be a judge for the Conrad Challenge. We'll be right back after this. You could be a judge for the Conrad Challenge. Read the blueprints of the future. The Conrad Challenge is an excellent opportunity for industry, government, research, and academia to help support the youth of today and take an active role in shaping our future workforce. Each year, we seek out individuals willing to serve as judges during the business plan round of the competition, as well as on-site judges during the Conrad Innovation Summit. Get more information at conradchallenge.org judges.
Hey, welcome back to the Edge of Tech, guys. We're really excited to have our next guest on the show, a yeah. husband and wife team coming all the way to us from Naples, Florida. But I'm going to let them introduce themselves, tell us who they are, what they do, and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Uh, hi, my name is Joe Merrill. I'm a first grade teacher from Naples, Florida. And I am Kristen. I am a fourth grade teacher um, of English language arts primarily. Awesome. Cool, man. Awesome. So let's talk about what you guys do in the class that makes you so excited about education. That's a great question. I think um, one of the things that we're really passionate about is just trying to make uh, learning interactive. And um, so what we really try to aim for is creating memorable experiences for our students, whether that's through the means of technology or just some kind of uh, unique environment. Uh, We really aim to try to set that bar high and just make it a fun experience for our students. That's really cool. So what are some of the, what is what are some of the things that you guys do? I, and, and I mean, I know you know you're you're in first grade. You're well, not in first grade. You know, you teach first grade. You teach fourth grade. So what are some of the things you guys do to bring that activity into your classrooms? Um, so obviously, we set you know high classroom expectations at the beginning of the year, so the kids um, have a level of understanding of how to work with each other collaboratively, mm-hmm. and then that collaboration can go um, into small group work. Sometimes there's room transformations where the rooms get transformed into like different places or video games or I don't know book settings. Um, we often use technology or up and coming things that the kids are really interested in to kind of engage them because we feel like when there's that level of engagement, then they have that commitment to work through the hard things. That's really cool. So let's talk about that hashtag interactive class. (laughs) How did you guys come up with that? Well, we kind of feel like the classroom should be student centered. Okay. And if the students aren't active in their learning and the learning isn't revolving around them, um, then you're not going to really get a lot of buy-in from them. And unfortunately, they're not really going to retain a lot of information. So we feel like learning should be responsive. Your classroom should be responsive. Your environment should be responsive. Your um, interactions and relationships with them should be responsive, and they should have an active role in all of those things. That's really cool. Yeah, I think one of the things that really resonated with me was, I can't remember if it was Holly Clark or, or Matt Miller that said it, but one of them said, you know, if your students didn't have to come to class, would they be there? Mm-hmm. And so that really that really stuck with us. And we really want to try to make that um, a, a top priority to, to make sure that, you know, that even young first graders, would they want to come to school every day? Absolutely. I would hope so. And, you know, we just really try to go above and beyond to make that happen. So let's talk about that. So, Joe, you do first grade. You teach first grade. And um, you are a moderator for Flipgrid Fever um, on uh, chat. So let's talk about um, a Flipgrid experience in your class. We have a lot of elementary teachers that follow us, and they would like to know, okay, so how do I use, say, Flipgrid in my first grade classroom? Give us a for instance. Well, there's a lot of ways you can use it, obviously. Um, I mean, if you're just starting out, that I recommend just keeping it super simple, whether it's like an icebreaker or something like that, because the beautiful thing about Flipgrid is that it's the platform is so easy to use that once you have your students hooked, they're going to be able to take off and run with it. So if you start off easy, let them get used to the features of it, they can really go on from there. Um, some of the more um, exciting lessons that we've done, um, and this one caught a lot of attention, I actually used the app Apple Clips, and uh, I used the scenes and Apple clips and app smashed myself uh, as if I was in a video game and uh, then uploaded that onto Flipgrid. And I created what I called channels. Um, and basically it was just five different uh, levels where the kids would have to go on and have to answer different math situations. And um, if they would, they got it correct, they responded on Flipgrid, then they would get to go on to the next challenge. And the, the goal was to get them through the whole 
five stages or whatever it was. Yeah, that sounds that. like a lot of fun. And so what yeah, was, it was the, a lot of fun. The kids loved it. And what was the what was the say like the the time span for that for those to, for those students to be able to accomplish that goal? That's a great question. Well, it was a challenge, and so um, it was really more or less of like you know who could fire off the most answers as quick as possible. So it, this was just one lesson, really. Yeah. Um, when I've done more intricate st- like styles lessons like that, where I've done, uh, for example, um, I used another effect on Apple Clips where I made it look like I was in the illustrations of a book, you know, just like a regular chapter book, where then the kids were reading, and then like when they get to chapter one, they would have to go on to the illustrations that I was stuck in to go back and tell the main idea, you know, or so on and so forth. Where it was, of course, more of a week. Yeah, man, that's very, very cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So uh, for Kristen's side, um, when you were talking about, you know, transforming your classroom and, and turning it into, you know, a particular environment or a scenario, what have you, do the students have buy-in on that? Or how, how does that work? Do they oh come in? Gosh, do they come in surprised? Surprise! Oh, yeah, they're so excited. <laughs> so it's always my favorite to get the video when they come in. Um, we did like... Uh, a pirate theme and we had like tape on the floor it was all like a map with x's and i took coolers and spray painted them to look like chests and their things so they come in and they're like oh and of course you have to dress up so you know you're dressed up like a pirate with a hat and they're like what are we doing and you kind of get into character i've changed my room to look like a courtroom so the tables have all been moved and i have like a robe and a big desk and and they try to kind of guess what's going on um, my favorite one it comes at the end of the year we have like a big film festival and i have um help from some business partners at school that will come in and they like drape the whole classroom and uplight it and the kids get all dressed up. And so anything that can make it engaging or authentic yeah. is what's really going to, is going to hook them. And, and sometimes it's really big and grandiose. And sometimes it can be something as simple as a hat on your head or something that just, why you got, why, why are you wearing that? Or what, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. You know, that, that's something that changes it to get them engaged. So yeah, that's you, very cool. So for our listeners, wouldn't you say that it doesn't have to be, I, I think people, uh, teachers that don't do this and do, just hear about it or see about it or follow it on Instagram or Twitter, they think that that we do it every day, that you're doing this every day. And they have to understand that it's not an everyday thing, but the real cool part of it is the buildup to it, is all the preparation and getting the kids prepped for it and all the lessons that can be created just getting to that point. Yeah, there's definitely a balance. I mean, with everything, there's a balance, and we really try to make make it clear that, yeah, we love technology, but we also pick up a pencil or use a whiteboard, you know? Sometimes we have the kids working and all this really interactive stuff, and sometimes we're sitting in a circle, mm-hmm. and it's just teaching them that balance and really focusing on what is the task at hand. What are we trying to accomplish through this lesson, and what are we trying to learn, and is the technology or is that activity going to help me in that, or is it going to hinder is it going to take longer to do it the more really elaborate, you know, cool way? And so kind of finding that balance in certain lessons and activities really lend themselves to certain things. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just come in and the engagement comes through the joking, the way you talk or the hand gestures or, this, or the way you, you know, you're excited about it. Sure. Um, so so I, have a, I have a question for both of you and you, you can you can both hit it if you want to. So, you know, right now, um, social and emotional is a really big deal for us. We're dealing with a lot of kids from a lot of areas. So people would say that the tech takes away from that. And and I, I don't personally agree with that. I believe that the tech actually enhances that. You guys mind talking towards that? I, I'm actually glad that you asked that. I can give you a perfect example. So I have a, a couple of students in my class um, that, you know, they're not the most outspoken students. And, you know, when they do talk, the, the stuff that comes out of them is, is it's shy and reluctant for the most part. It's, it's good stuff in, in class conversation. 
But when you put technology in front of them, a perfect example, Flipgrid, it allows them to be themselves. And in, in a first grader's mind, they're thinking that, okay, it's just me and this device talking. You know, they're not, they're not thinking further down the line where, you know, 18 or 19 or 20 other kids might see this. Right. So um, basically what had happened one time was I had a student who, like I said, was more reluctant and shared an example of how to solve a math problem. And so the, um, the way he explained it was phenomenal. And it was way better than probably I could have explained it. So by the other kids now going on to Flipgrid and seeing that, I had kids coming up to me. They're like, they're like you see what that kid, they see what he said over there? Like, I didn't even think to do that. And so then it creates this like web of discussion. And now that kind of takes that social feeling and it boosts it because now the kid has confidence to say, hey, you know what? My ideas are actually pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. really that's really cool. So. Let's talk about all the different apps that you guys, because I know you're both ambassadors of several different apps. So for our listeners, and we are active, you're very active in the community, so you see this stuff, but a lot of our listeners just see the names. And so they see Seesaw, and they see Flipgrid, and they see Buncee, and they don't really understand the difference between them. I think they all go, well, don't they all do the same thing? So do you mind giving our listeners kind of a rundown, real quick summary of what you use those things for in class? Yeah, we have a lot of um, apps and programs, like we call it our toolbox, that we kind of go to to uh-huh. um, to pull from. So obviously Flipgrid's a video platform, and it's a platform where students can record video-based things or upload videos. Um, Seesaw is based, is kind of like an online student portfolio. So mm-hmm. it's more of like a repository where uh, the students can put their own work up or the teachers can put up their put up work or they can put assignments through, but it has a parent connection. So the parents can sign in and see what their students are doing. And that's been really huge because then now you have an authentic audience. The parents feel connected, but then the students also feel a sense of ownership of, oh, can I go put this on my portfolio? So we have that one. Let's, um, Buncee, you want to share? What, how do you? How would you describe Buncee? Uh, Buncee is a, another type of presentation tool. It's phenomenal. It's great, especially for kids our age, because it's uh, like the platform, similar to Flipgrid, is very easy to use. And the kids are able to add different types of things that they couldn't do in maybe like a PowerPoint or, um, you know, a Google uh, slide. So um, it, it allows them to do that. Uh, Book Creator is really neat because uh, kids can create books. Um, if you are working on a writing assignment, you know, why not have your kids create slides and book creator and then publish it to the iBook store? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are more of your platforms that integrate well with, or app smash well with other things like doing Singree screen or, um, what's some other ones, Chatterpick. So those are more programs that are specifically geared and they do one thing, but those bigger platforms can integrate well with a lot of those other programs. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is very, very cool. And, and I love the idea of you're already teaching your students, even at the first grade level, at the fourth grade level, you're already teaching your students, whether they recognize it or not at the beginning, certainly after a couple of whacks at it, um, that you know you are, you are approaching, you're reaching a much broader audience than you might realize. And I love the fact that you're using different platforms that turn them into publishers. You know, it's not just, we're not just putting this work out there into Google Classroom where only my teacher can see it, or I'm not just typing up this paper or creating this one video where only my teacher can see this, right? You know, you're, you're, you're hitting them. Again, they may not realize it right away, but I'm sure it doesn't take very long for them to go, oh, holy cow, I just 
sent this, you know, this, this just went out. And like you said, you know, 18 or 20 other students saw it, or how many, how many parents saw this or how many people in the community saw this. And so you're teaching them that, you know, when you put stuff out there, it's not necessarily just for you and me, this is, you know, we're going to reach a much broader audience. I actually have a student uh, from that was my class last year that still comes back today and will say, you know, how many views do I have on that? Because (laughs) and like it, it got a lot of attention because it was it was a green screen um, app smashed into Flipgrid where they are raising awareness about manatees mm. and it, they just thought that it should be out there. So I'm like, let's do it. And sure enough, they got a lot of attention. So she still comes back. How many views do I have on that? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a level of digital citizenship there too, right. where they may not completely understand what it is, but to to help teach them that they're create their own reputation. So everything that they write, everything that they say is going to be seen and heard by other people. And is it going to be in a format that can benefit them and be something that can help people or what's the purpose of it? You know, these kids are so digital. Every, I mean, like we saw online or read online somewhere that like their their search engine is YouTube, which just blew my mind. Yeah. Everything to them. So, okay, if you want to put it out there and people are going to see it, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be viewed as? What are you trying to get across? And they don't quite see that like we see it. But that's our goal for them to understand that when things do go out, there is an audience and it's not just sitting somewhere in a folder for me to see that when we do something, it is for, you know, for other people. Right. Wouldn't exactly. you say that uh, that this is so we've talked about all these these great apps and, and everything that will that are great for kids. But isn't it funny how these exact same ones are great for teachers? I mean, don't you guys love I mean, because I think Buncey's awesome and making presentations with Buncey is a lot of fun and making graphics with Buncey, you know, is, is a hoot. When you think that has enhanced your teaching and enhances those teachers that actually embrace it and changes the whole scope of what you do? Yeah, I mean, it really opens yeah. the door for teachers because not only are we depending on our students to be creative, but we need to be creative as well. And so if we're using tools like this, we're only capturing their attention so much quicker, you know? I think it's fun, too, to sometimes I, – I, I'm usually prepared, but every once in a while I'll throw something out there and say, hey, let's learn this. And I think it's important for them to see that I don't always know, mm-hmm. that I'm learning it with them, and that there's this process, there's this persistence that comes – through learning something new and you might struggle, but, and then you get to the end and you kind of reflect on it and you start the whole process again. Mm-hmm. And when you do that as a teacher, you become a better teacher. Yeah. And so while working with the kids, you might open, I will never forget when I opened green screen doing, and I wanted to die. I knew nothing about green screen video. And I was like, Oh yeah, I know what we're doing. Let's open this. And I'm watching over their shoulder, pretending I know what's going on. I have no clue. And watching them walk through it and learning it with them. And I gained a confidence that day on something that they didn't really know. And now I have no fear of being like, I don't know, let's open it up, let's figure it out. Right. Yeah. And, and then seeing that and realizing, oh, it's okay if I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's figure it out. And that fear is gone. And then they become so much more willing to try, willing to be creative because there's no fear of being wrong. Right. I think comes too from like, you know, the fear of like, I'm going to break something, you know? <laughs> yes. So once we get over that, we're like, no, let's just try it out. We can't, I mean, we can fix it if we break it. It's fine. Right. Yeah. So well, and I take it over that, it's, it changes. Well, and, and I think it's uh, you, you touched on a very important piece there, and that is that it's okay for the teacher. It's okay for us as educators to not know. It's also okay for us to pretend we don't know, right? So sometimes, you know, even though we know how to do something, you know, we can pretend we don't know so that it helps that particular group right. of students. You know, they get to kind of discover that. And, you know, 
people are people, so we like our little wins. And kids are, you know, the way kids are. You know, if, if they can win one over on the teacher, that there that boosts. You know, you, your kids will have heads so big they can't fit in the door. And they're like, oh, you, you, you know, yeah, you know, like <laughs> exactly. uh, you didn't know that, and I was able to show you that. I couldn't you know? get my new frame, this fancy framework, and it's all touch screen. And I couldn't get the keyboard to pop. And someone, one of those quiet, never. I know how to do it. I'm ignoring him and I'm going, and he's like, no, I know how to do it. So I stopped and listened and sure enough, he knew exactly how to do it. Cool? And I wanted to be like, how'd you know how to do that? But I said, <laughs> all the kids are like, whoa. And he was so confident and he was so, and it's okay. Great. I didn't know how to do it. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. And he's going to have a feeling now of knowing what that feels like. So then the next time someone comes on, he'll be, have the courage to say, Hey, I know how to help you. Right. Yeah. You that's know, it's just, you learn so much in these kinds of lessons than what you originally aimed to do. That's yes. Awesome. Yes. So much more than whatever your goals and objectives are that you have either written on the board or, you know, in your notes or whatever, the, the things you actually end up learning and covering end up so much more than what you thought was going to get covered or sometimes so different than what you thought was going to get covered. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, fail awesome. forward is what I always say. So that's right. Fail forward. Great. <laughs> yep. So, so um, cool. if our listeners want to get in touch with you guys, what's the best way to do it? So uh, you can follow us collectively at on Twitter at the Merrills edu. Uh, that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, we have a website. It's the Merrills edu dot com. Okay. Um, if you're looking to connect with us individually. Yeah. Like more like I'm a first grade teacher and I really want to know, or, or I teach writing. So my handle's at friends and fourth. Okay. And mine is just at Mr. Merrill's class. That's two R's and two L's. Cool. And uh, don't forget uh, Flipgrid Fever Chat. You want to give a shout out yeah. to that one? Yes. Uh, that next chat is coming up. I think uh, we've been all out of whack. It's in the middle of December because yeah. t- Adam Short Shorts has got the next one going on. But we've been kind of tagging. They've been doing these new Flipgrid features where they've had these awesome webinars with yep. different people. And so they've been trying to, to schedule the chat to go after those webinars. But if you just do it with the hashtag Flipgrid Fever, you'll not only see all those kinds of things, but the community is so big. And um, right now um, we've got like the Advent the days of Advent um, mm-hmm. on Flipgrid mixed with um, global goals. I mean, like, there's just such great stuff on there. Just search the hashtag. You'll find everything plus more, I think. Okay. Awesome. And, and Joe, tell us about your two books before we get out of here. Oh, okay. So uh, there, uh, I have two eBooks that are actually available for free download. Um, and it basically just kind of goes through the steps of how you can app smash. So when you use things like Flipgrid or Seesaw, those platform type apps, Buncee, uh, kind of explains how you can take an app like Chatterpix and use it with Flipgrid to kind of, you know, in- increase that engagement level uh, to get a little more creative. Um, so there's two different volumes. Volume one is obviously probably for beginners. Volume two would be a step up from that. Uh, but they're both available for the free download. If you go to my Twitter, um, it's right on the top, pins the top. And um, yeah, feel free to download them. That's really awesome. Awesome. Um, I have to say, we've had a wonderful time with the Merrills, and we're glad you guys came on the show yeah. and reached out to us. Um, we'll actually be in Florida uh, for FETC at the end of January. So. Oh, we will, see we you will there. be there. Yeah. Oh, so we'll be there. Awesome. We'll have to meet up. Yeah, yes, that'll be cool. You won't miss us. We're always in the lobby. We do live podcasting from there, so you guys got to come by and see us. Yeah, that'll be great. Awesome. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank, Thank you, you guys so, so much, much for having us. Hi, I'm April Jackson with your East Update. This week, students speak with us about how they're totally committed to completing their East projects, not only because of the support they receive in East, but because they want to show the world what they can do. Let's take a listen. 
we're all for it, and I feel like just having East there to help us just um, grow. Yeah, grow and, and with it, the it'd be technology there, they yeah, offer, so the and they have everything we need to work yeah. on the project. I mean, the class is being there for us to say, for us to take initiative, for us to be like, hey, this is a problem and yeah. we're gonna solve and it. And we're in fifth and sixth grade. Like, I was surprised at myself. Yeah, I know it's even better about this. It's showing that. Blind and visually impaired people can do, do more than you think. This week, the student composed song was submitted anonymously. Thanks for sharing first song with us. With your East Update, I am April Jackson. Hey, thank you guys so much from the East Initiative Update for providing uh, t- this week's insight into the East Initiative program. Yeah, we really always like getting stuff from them, and it's always uh, well-produced and very informative. Yeah, they do a good job letting everybody know what's happening with East. Hey, and speaking of what's happening with East, guess what's happening with us? Uh, In January, we'll be at FETC the last week of 2018. Yeah, and then in February, we'll be in Chicago for ICE, the uh, Illinois Computing for Education Conference. And then in April, speaking of the Conrad Challenge, we'll be at uh, we'll be at NASA. Where uh, we're not singing this weekend uh, as we did last week, but we will I am going to be the Rocket Man. In fact, I'm going to go for <laughs> Rocket Man is my tag the whole time I'm there is my nickname. I'm sure I'll walk through and they'll I'm expecting NASA just to offer me an astronaut's you know, contract right there when they see me. I mean, I, look at me. I'll, I'll vouch for you. Oh. I'll say, please, shoot them into space. I, I look like a large stellar body. <laughs> stellular? Stellar? Stellular. Stellar body. Excuse me. Cellular. <laughs> Jeff's completely lost on this one. As I was and saying, that right there shows why he I, should I be will up have in a, space. <laughs> I will have a contract doing menial manual labor there at the uh, NASA place. Yes, that's right. Broom Sweeper 101. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the show. We hope you've had a good time. We have. Don't forget to visit us on the web at edutechguys.com. And always follow us on social media, at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, we're out there. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You You can can do do it it all, all, but but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.